Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of DevOps with Zach. So today I have my good colleague and my friend Khalid Komasuru with me today. Today we are going to talk about Web3, which is a really awesome topic these days everyone is talking about. So a little bit about Khalid. Khalid is a senior <coughs> software consultant at Palo Alto Singapore and he's a serial entrepreneur. And we both always have nice discussion about techie stuff, movies, obviously some foods, and we do outings and hikings and stuff. So I was thinking always that I had a good chat with colleague and have a session recorded. So Khalid, welcome to DevOps with Zach. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, I'm more than happy. Today we are talking about, we are going to talk about Web3, which is like a very interesting topic. Uh, everyone is talking about Web3. So I thought of it to give introduction about what is Web3 and what is what are the difference between Web3 and Web2, maybe Web1. So yeah, we can start it. <laughs> All right. So let me start with a question. I know you collect a bunch of gaming collectibles, a ton of those magic cards and things like that. Money. <laughs> Absolutely. How would you think if you can buy a virtual? You mean the collectible and the cards, virtual? Yeah. I would say I'll be more than happy and my wife too, because my room is pretty much stocked with those stuff. So it's very physical, it's taking so resources. Yes, I'm more than happy. All right. So say you want to buy it right now, say Disney or Marvel um, release their own gaming collectibles. What stops you? What are some of your concerns right now? If they release something with Web2, what are your concerns? So uh, first thing, if I'm going to spend a lot of money, so I'll check the if it's real legit to go and buy authenticity of the product. It can be a fake product in the market. So I just go and go to a lot of maybe Reddit and go to a lot of forums and check whether this is a real product. So yeah, I had to check. I had to do some homework to before I go and buy those things. That's exactly the problem that Web3 is resolving. Because oh. Web3, it's all about having an identity. So that's essentially what is missing in Web2. If you look around, there are a lot of companies out there just functioning as Web2. What they do is they, they have everything quite centralized. They have their own central database where they keep their data. So to prove authenticity, it's difficult because they're just one party, right? Yeah. So what this Web3 is, is trying to do is through decentralization, it's trying to democratize the process of storing data. Say, let's take this um, old example that we took with Disney, right? Say Disney released some virtual gaming collectible. With blockchain, you can trace the entire history of from the creation time, who it actually transferred, and all that track record. So the previous owners even? Absolutely, yeah. And from there, you can see the history and the prices that it is, it's, it's been sold to. So you have that authenticity. So that's, what, that's the essential problem that Web3 is solving. There's a bunch of other use cases which will take so much time, but I think to summarize the entire concept, it's about having a digital identity, so and verifiable least, digital identity. Yes, so this thing going to be a solution for the people like us, especially the geeks, <laughs> a lot of into the, those who are collecting stuff. Yes. Okay. If I ask you something, for example, the Disney, so they are giving some kind of serial code or certificate to authenticate that this is our product. So it's still it's in available in Web2. Yeah. So the current version of Web3 isn't really Web3. Okay. Even though people like to call it, oh, okay. it's not really Web3. No, so because there's so much data that lives outside the chain. Okay. 
so that I'm not, this is not inclusive of all the projects I'm talking about, but probably at least 95 to 99% of the projects are 2.5. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's majority of the logic that sits outside from the blockchain and where like you have such a tiny business logic lives in. In blockchain yeah right now the the traveling mechanism is of course web 2 but when it comes to web 3 it's going to be all the real form of web 3 is going to be on the blockchain pretty much okay. yeah let's talk about so you're a software engineer so what i do i enable DevOps, right so like we both kind of work together what are the potential things for a software engineer so let's assume that we are going to build a web 3 application for a, another maybe a marketplace or something like that. So <clears throat> is there anything like a rocket science that have to, you have to learn something new or just any tools already exist in the, the industry that you can easily catch up and you can learn yourself? Yeah, there's no rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially at our line of business, it's all about having that strength to research and learn. Yeah. So it pretty much applies here as well. When you think about the DevOps side of things, of course, it, it goes as pretty usual because, I mean, it's an extremely fast area i mean you see projects popping out here and there for like within within a number of days so like projects popping out quite fast so speed is quite the mode with web3 in order to have the speed you need to be able to have enough resources to back that to be able to from the place of like when you like do things on locally like from there to to get it out you need to deploy it to some kind of a cloud so you need to Think of your DevOps strategy right at this, just all the other projects. It's the best time to do, like best time to think of DevOps is at right at the start. That's what I traditionally do. Like before even I start coding anything at all, what I do is I, I just, just coming up with the scaffold and then get the CSA to set up and then like you basically develop it from there. So it's not like you, you sit somewhere and, and code for months and then think of DevOps. That's not how it's gonna be because it, if you go on like that you're you're gonna lose because it's extremely fast projects popping up so think of devops first get your pipeline set up and all that from the get-go and start developing your application yes so i totally agree with that so in devops we have a saying that our main purpose is deliver the product to in high velocity to the the market it can be any kind of product because uh, your competitors are there so if you're not taking the head first, so you may lose in the industry. So I totally agree with that. So <clears throat> when you're talking about technology, yes, we're talking about CI/CD. Maybe uh, the pipeline can be scanned. We use the secret scans to uh, check the vulnerabilities and the delivery. Then we talk about the CD part and the deployment. So many methods are there. So when we're talking about Web3, are the same stack that we are going to use? For example, if it can be a serverless infrastructure, it can be a containerized platform. Maybe we can, uh, in countryized, we can deploy in Kubernetes. When you talk about cloud native, these tools, right? It is really cloud natively helpful to, uh, like you said, the delivery project to the industry in DevOps in overall, or else are you expecting <laughs> more tools or something like new tools to do it very fast? Sure. Yeah, I think like with the Web2 aspect of it, right? I mean, Web3 yeah. is, of course, an inclusion of Web2. Yeah. The Web2 aspect of it, getting out the out your React project and your all the other elements, you just, as I said before, right, there's a bunch of data that sits outside the chain so for, for those data you're going to have a database it's going to be like just as an old project so for those stuff with the nature of these projects that totally would depend on it let's say some nft project right okay. if you can build up 
your audience like before beforehand you can get an idea of what to expect how this traffic is going to be like but if it's something that you plan on that's that say like you're building something groundbreaking right this of course there's going to be traction so if that's the case i would for the non blockchain related part of the application i would suggest go with containerization rather than serverless because then you get more visibility these things and you I mean, there was a couple of times that uh, there's this project called cool cats you know took it, it broke the their, their website quite a number of times they couldn't host their meeting men meeting event that kind of gotten delayed over 2 to 3 weeks so if something like that happens some actually do it as bit of a, a marketing campaign as well saying we got so much traction but behind the scene if if your platform actually broken because of something related to your servers of your infrastructure then the credibility goes down yes true yeah because this is an environment credibility is massively needed and it impact the business as well absolutely and it, in the process it could even delay like minting process and same time interested parties may lose and there's so much could happen it's really important that you have visibility that's the only reason i don't suggest serverless okay. uh, going into areas where it involves massive spiking so you Such sudden spikes right yeah that's what i would recommend just, just go with all we know containerization because you get better visibility and from the blockchain side of things there's this development tool called alchemy alchemy yeah that is something that we traditionally use these days to develop on ethereum and they they are constantly evolving right now i think they're claiming to be the aws of blockchain oh really yeah wow. so i think from like probably within the next couple of months we'll see more people using it it was actually like quite restrictive beta that they had till quite recently but they have finally opened for people like us to use yeah if, if there's somebody who's who's in blockchain development i do recommend go check them out there's so much cool things happening there yeah yeah i can understand that the, the fact that yes this channel it names the devops but we do talk about other related things as well but uh, today i mainly want to talk about the verse web3 yes and how uh, the devops can involve so what i can take from this uh, your answer is that um, uh, it can be uh, in all with anything the devops yes so from the beginning your transformation should be start not in the end correct me if i'm wrong so wh what you mean is you do the skeleton first with the ci cd first commit to your delivery to cd part then you start uh, your coding Yeah. so rather you wait till the end so that that's really interesting yeah. i'm happy to say that you can involve devops in anywhere <laughs> so it's a day to day thing now it's better to from start from the beginning to the end of your cd and yes it's always i talk about this not a tool it's a practice so keep the good practice like kalith was mentioning so it's better to then you won't you won't will have any fail product or product tools maybe yeah. so kalith let's talk about security So what do you think about the web3 right how secure this platform so this web3 is if you want to host your own web3 application or something like that or website so how secure this platform how we can make it secure <laughs> that's a very controversial topic sack because <laughs> cuz i don't think we have achieved the maximum potential in terms of security in the field yet as I'm, i was saying before the entire the notion of web3 is quite new so there's quite a lot of development is already happening a lot of developers are trying to make it safe but of course there are a certain number of vulnerabilities i mean that 
have costed some people quite a lot of money. <laughs> so I think this happened like quite a few months back. There was one currency. I don't know if you could remember it. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't recall the currency, but due to some major form of vulnerability, it just lost everything that they had earned. Wow. And something like that could happen, but not saying it happens on a daily basis. Yes. But there are a certain number of vulnerabilities in, I, I think that's quite common, like everywhere, right? Yes. That's something that, that we can't eliminate uh, yeah, uh, totally. Uh, yes. So uh, when you talk about the reliability, even the major sites can go down. Uh, GitHub, right? So uh, like you remember that there's a major outage. So yes, so anything can go wrong. Sure. Yeah, that's... And that's the name of the game. It's still new. There's quite a bit of improvement that must happen. So I'm not denying that. But <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's quite a bit of improvement. That's so let's talk about your secret, little secret. I know that you have a couple of projects that you're doing. You already shared with me a couple of things. I was like, <laughs> I gave this wow face. Let's talk about one of your projects. You know that uh, Metal is right. So can you tell the audience that, okay, how did you come to this project. What are the main reason to uh, you build this? Obviously, there should be a why you build it, right? Then the technical side of it, from your first commit to the delivery, how did you host it by yourself? You did your development part, your DevOps enabling part, and the security and the queue, everything you've done yourself. So I would love to know about that. Yeah. As, as soon as I heard the notion of things about decentralization, right? And I was fascinated by the, the entire notion, by the way. So I was just trying out different things. At the first go, I didn't understand shit. <laughs> Everything was like, people were saying Mint and blockchain, pushing transactions and things like that. And that didn't, that all sounded like very geek to me at the time. And, but when I started getting a hang of it, like when I started understanding the basic concepts, I started by trying out several small things. I used some third-party libraries out there, tried exploring the code and see what's going on, which at the beginning I still didn't understand shit. <laughs> but as I started looking into the projects, then I started getting a hang of it. So then I thought, what's the best way that you can learn? It's by doing, right? It's not by reading. It's not by listening. Yes. It's by doing. doing. So I started coding. So I, so I started with a little foxy NFT collection called Cyber Foxes. It's a bunch of foxes that sits on the on the blockchain. Yeah, I just did it with my wife, um, and yeah, it, I learned a lot from it, uh, like from from the start to end, how you would do it and how would you come up with a smart contract, things like that. Learned quite a bit from that, and also there was a massive side that I experienced. It's building an audience, which I haven't done before, because the norm is to come with your product first and then market it. But now it's different, especially around Web3. You tend to build your audience first, see their intentions. They call this minimum viable audience. So you build your minimum viable audience and then you start building your application. So you first you show your idea, okay. and then you gather your fans, and then putting it out there. And that's the strategy that goes on. That was quite new to me at the time. So I learned a lot, built a decent amount of audience, and sold a few NFTs. By taking a ton of learning experiences from it, then I wanted to build something over a long time, and I wanted to solve a hard or complex problem, do it slowly. Because that's one way that you can solve problems and just by doing and trying things out in the long run. Because I wanted 
a bit more complicated problem to solve. So having looked around and seen quite a number of metaverses popping out from here and there, there's Decentraland, there's Axie Infinity, and there's so many of the smaller metaverses as well coming from here and there. And even by looking at the numbers, uh, I think there has been about around 700 percent of the number of transactions that has been increased from the last year in terms of metaverses. So looking at the trends, looking at the numbers, I thought this is going to be a mainstream at some point, right? Just like how we own real estate in the real world, we'll, of course, there's going to be a demand for a virtual real estate yes. in metaverses. Like say, this can be, there can be some, say, some virtual reality gadget that you can wear and be present in the metaverse. So that entire notion, people have been embracing it. So I thought this is going to be something legit. So we should try and solve a real problem with virtual real estate. So we came up with a Metalist. So Metalist is a virtual real estate listing aggregator. So what we intend to do is enable people to buy more virtual real estate and then able to buy and you know what they're actually looking for. At the start, we have already released the MVP, which we were able to do within like about three weeks. We just, so we have like a bit of me and my couple of my friends, you know, have gathered and be a couple of solid weekend hacking. We complete the MVP within about three, three weekends. Three weekends. Three weekends, yes. Wow, that's, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Process of getting it out there. Of course, so like we, we, after putting out so many post-it notes, we had so many ideas, so many things that we need to develop. We conquered down what we actually need to, to present some, and that is the listing aggregator end, which we finish it from start to finish within three weeks. The entire process was like we started with DevOps, like we started picking out frameworks, picking out what we're going to be developing in. So we decided that so quickly because all we wanted at that point was to validate yeah. whether if it's shit or it's going to go somewhere. <laughs> Other than that, just there's no point of you developing something for three months you know, with, with something that no one's going to use. Yeah. So started with DevOps, selected frameworks, and in terms of the tools for the front end, we use this framework called Remix. Okay. It's actually a quite new framework. Honestly, the reason why we went with it is we just wanted to try it out and we've been hear hearing so many good stories, good stories about Remix and being efficient in in server-side rendering side of things. So we picked that as the front-end framework. And for the back-end, we actually went with serverless, um, which was a learning point for us. It wasn't the ideal use case for it, to be honest, but later we converted it to, later we actually containerized it. And So this is what you learned from the previous conversation we had that you were telling, yeah. okay, mm -mm, serverless is not going for these uh, sun spikes and stuff, right? So, yeah. So that's why you moved to... Uh, Containers, right? Yeah, and actually another aspect of serverless for us was the cold starts. It was throwing off a bit because being a listing aggregator, SEO is something quite important for us. So in order to achieve the highest number, you need to be able to serve it like super fast. So there was some bottleneck. Okay. Of course, by, by warming up certain number of containers, uh, we alleviated it a bit, but not totally. In your serverless or the serverless side? Yeah. Okay. You, you were using Lambda or? 
Lambda. Okay, okay. Yes. So, uh, Lambda with API Gateway. Lambda with API Gateway. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I think uh, that's a good topic. Maybe we can have another session. Absolutely. Yes, because everyone talking about these some threshold and the Lambda invoking. There's a minimum number of concurrency you can do in Lambda. So I think we talk about that another day. It's going to be a very interesting topic. So I can invite one of my other colleague, uh, so Serverless Hero. So we can invite and have a good, cool discussion again. After that, you move to containers, right? So yeah. that, in that situation also, you had the same cold starting issue. So like, nope, nope, nope. We didn't have that any, any longer. Like we, yeah, after moving to containers, we had different issues. <laughs> but of course, there's going to be like early stages, like you're going to have issues. Okay, but okay. Because the question I had, because uh, mm. I know it's not relevant Web3, but it's a good point you mentioned. I have seen those are not using good practices. Some using the content image one, two, some are 5G with the image size, so it's not a good practice. So the content image should be immutable. Uh, you should be able to recreate this very fast to deploy it. So that's one point to always keep in mind. Containers are not like you can install all everything and expect to start very fast. No, that's wrong. Yes, thank you for that point, Khalid. So let's continue your story. Yeah, yeah, sure. So in the end, we, we got things done and we wanted to, to release it. Yeah. And we were wondering what are the means of marketing that we can do. And we just, we didn't want to spend so much because the real reason why we came up with Metalist is to, is to enable people to buy more virtual land. Yeah. In order to empower them, we wanted to come up with a way that we can finance. So right, rather than just going out a major cut from your paycheck or your savings, just to come up with a way that you can pay it monthly and get it done. So that's what we wanted to develop afterwards. So that was our kind of our long term. So we didn't want to spend so much money. And what we did was we just created some funny TikToks and put it out there. And that way we did get some traction. We did get about thousand to two thousand visits which was quite good at the time yeah, yeah that's the end-to-end -end story and how we build it from start to, to finish now and, it's and live and now it's live okay, yeah okay so later we can put all the links in the description so absolutely everyone go and can check right yes so i'm gonna ask you the million dollar question now i know with web3 there's no any boundary for your imaginations right you can do like things that you can even not imagine so what's your so as a developer a software engineer in this Web3, what do you think, like any imagination that you want to do, make it happen to these, uh, this Web3 industry? I think there's a lot of possibility with the fact that like you have an identity, you can have a verifiable identity built virtually that enables a whole plethora of, of options. One thing that I'm really fascinated about, it's metaverse and how that is being emerging with Web3. And I think that's that's a real deal. And there's so much options. Just these days you have Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, and, and there's like a lot of social networks, right? So I believe at some point, these will, metaverses will overtake. Or some of the major companies like, for example, Meta, that's building their own metaverse, yeah. right? So there's, Quite a lot of opportunity in, in the metaverse front, uh, which I'm really excited about. And there's quite a lot of we are mixed reality tech that's being emerging, which excites quite a lot, number of people. Just imagine there's some cool headset that you can wear and be present and just have a virtual coffee or virtual beer with your friends just at the comfort at home. Think about that. Yes. That'd be so cool. Oh, yes. 
So yeah, a lot of companies nowadays, they're solely into give more immersive experience from virtual reality and mixed reality, just trying to like bridge the two. And there's so many research, so much research going on right now. Yeah, that's one, one place I would definitely put my money on. And even other than that, like even recruiting, there's serious potential there to have to being able to sort of validate your authenticity of your certificates. I mean, just not something that you just put it on LinkedIn. It's going to be like, say, an NFT. You say you complete some type of certification and you receive it as an NFT. So that's verifiable. You just can't just put it out there in LinkedIn anymore that you're saying, like, I got this, I got that. That's not going to be the case anymore. In the future, it's going to be you have wallet and the wallet you have that NFT that you got gotten as, as a certificate, when you connect the wallet, then then it will get edited. Otherwise it won't. So this that's one. So that's one way that it could disrupt recruiting industry and it, it could help them a lot to to see who's cheating and see see who's like and yeah, I think every industry is gonna have its own impact. Another industry that I can think of it's it's the entertainment. Think of maybe think of your favorite nightclub. Right. Just have their like your own sort of VIP membership. Right now, it's just a tag or like a card somewhere which they control. Say you have it as an NFT and you can resell it when you don't need it. Yes. So that's then it it becomes in a way an asset. If that's something quite rare, say for a certain exclusive club, you only can accept a certain number of people, say 10 people. And then you're going to achieve 10 NFTs. And when you don't need that, you can resell it. How cool would be that? And you have a record ultra, right? So second user, the third user, the fourth user, so go on. It's a new ending. (laughs) There's so many options, man. I'm just fascinated about this. I think within coming years, there's going to be more and more use cases coming up. I know there's quite a bit of noise about this is this is being a fad and then not something that's going to be. It's not going to be there within five, ten years. I think there's, there's a lot of noise coming from in terms of energy efficiencies and stuff, which the developers are massively working on it right now to make it efficient. I think it's still early stage. Please give them some time yeah. <laughs> to, to make things more efficient. I think it's going to help us in the future. So like uh, today we learned a lot of about this, <laughs> the metaverse, so many new things. It's pretty fascinating. Huh? So uh, you like, I was, I was imagining a uh, few things while you're saying about these things. Okay, I could have done this, I could have done that. So the industry is there, so you can go and try. So Khalid mentioned later, I'll put all the links and related resources you can learn. And if any questions you can ask, so I'm, Khalid will be more than happy to answer your questions later. Thank you so much, Khalid, to join us join with me today. So I hope to uh, have you here again with another episode, uh, like I mentioned before, so we can uh, do some, another awesome chat. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me again. So that's the end of this session today. We really had a good chat with Khalid. Thanks him again. And uh, we'll see you with another episode with Deopt Zach. Bye-bye.